like my body. The body's problem is, as long as we have body, what are the problems of the body? Janma, Mrittu, Jara, Birth, Death, Old Age, and disease. So that is the nature of the body. We can't deny that. As long as we have the body, especially when the body gets old, the body will have so many problems. So when people ask me how I'm doing, how I am doing, I tell them that when the car is old, they give trouble. What can be done? You have an old car, you can't expect that the car is going to run without any difficulty. New car, no problem. But when the car gets old, every other day it has to go to the mechanic. So body is a machine. Bhagavad Gita. How many of you are reading Bhagavad Gita? Yeah, so everybody should read Bhagavad Gita. So make it a point to read Bhagavad Gita. It's very important. So in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna compared his body to be with a machine. Jantra Rudhani Maya. The material nature, Maya, has rewarded us with this body. And riding on this body, we have Bhamayan Sarvabhutani. Material nature is making us travel. Riding on this body. This body is a machine. Like when you have a car, what's the use of the car? To drive it. When you have an aeroplane, what do you do? To fly. And when you have a bicycle, what do you do? To ride it. Similarly, when you have a machine called this body, what do you do with it? You ride it. But we cannot control the body completely. The body is controlled by material nature. By the arrangement of guna and karma. Three modes of material nature and our past karma, our past action. And accordingly we will get sometimes pleasure, Sometimes pain. Pleasure and pain are two unavoidable arrangements of We do not want pain, but we are sorry. Can anybody avoid it? Everybody wants pleasure, but can you get pleasure all the time? So, so that is the nature of the Now intelligence means, intelligence means to understand the nature of the Like those who have intelligence, they understand the nature of the Those who are not intelligent like the animals. Can the animals question, can a dog question, 
Can the dog question why am I, why I'm suffering? Can the dog question how can I get out of the suffering? No. Like they have a little intelligence and they have a little bit of understanding how they can avoid pain and get pleasure. Like the dogs are trained by beaten, we by being beaten. When they do the wrong thing, the dog is beaten. And when the dog does the right thing, he gets the reward. So this is how a dog, because it has some intelligence, understands what to do and what not. But the human beings are meant to have a very developed intelligence. And what is the purpose of that intelligence? The purpose of this intelligence is to figure out what is the nature of this what is this for? And the purpose of the intelligence to eventually understand that our actual identity is not the Our actual self, I am the soul. Now let us make an intelligent analysis for it. Like, we see two kinds of objects in this nature. Some are inert and some are living. Like this table, this seat, this floor, the wall, the room, the building. These are all inert. But you and I, living. Now what causes us to be alive? Now let us consider at some point, this body also will become inert. I'm sure you have seen a dead body. Is the dead body does the dead body have consciousness? Why not? When you see a dead body, what do you say? He is gone. He is left. He Hindi me kya bolte so that means he's gone. In English we use the expression. He left. He has disappeared. He has disappeared. He has left. He has Gone, he has gone to the other world. Right? We use this expression. Now, that does, what does that actually indicate? That somebody has gone somewhere. Now what happened because somebody left the body? The body became dead. So what, who made the body alive? That somebody made the body alive. Now who is that somebody? So that, to understand that, one needs intelligence. So today we are going to discuss, today we are going to discuss about the art of, the art of it.
This expression uh, is one half of the expression. So, Varsha sent me the email and said that the topic of the seminar is the art of mind. And then I immediately thought that he said half the title of the seminar. You know what's the other half that he discovered? The way to immortality. The art of dying. Dash. The way to immortality. If you know how to die, then you can become immortal. Right? Anyway, so uh, even if it's not spoken by the but by the end of the seminar, that is the thing that we must understand. <coughs> This art of dying is the main thing. Like sometimes, actually I thought of giving a seminar on art of dying because in America I saw a big poster, <coughs> quite a few big posters announcing the art of living. And my immediate reaction was that everybody knows Art of living is not a big thing. <clears throat> and especially in America, you don't have to tell them the art of living. <laughs> they know how to live. And they're teaching the whole world how to live. <coughs> what is important is the art of dying. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is not speaking about the art of living. Krishna is actually speaking about the art of dying. So this is what Krishna is actually asking. And how to die. But this art of dying is science. Anyway, I mean art of living, art of dying doesn't matter. The point is that we have to understand what is the real business that we have. What is our real business? Why do we have to Are we here to enjoy? Everybody will accept agree with that. Yes, we are here, we are trying to enjoy. But can we really enjoy? Like what are the what are the means of enjoyment? Do you know what are the general basis of enjoyment. The basis of enjoyment is eating, sleeping, <coughs> mating and defending. These are the answer. These are the source of enjoyment. People enjoy by eating. When somebody wants to eat, enjoy, what does he do? He goes to uh, a restaurant, or people who want to enjoy. Wherever there is this endeavor for enjoyment, like wedding and things, when they're going for wedding or party, what do they have? The big part of it is eating. And then along with eating comes drinking. So the eating and drinking. 
Now, if it's a matter and then sleeping, making, and listening. So these are the four bases of India. But if you say, and the Ahara Nidra Bhayamaitra these four things, animals are very expert in them. They can do it much better. Like uh, somebody, a man can eat, uh, but a pig can eat much bigger, much better than a man. Right? And he can relish all kinds of abominable things. Sleeping, a bear can sleep. For six months you can sleep without interruption. So we can see the animals can eat and sleep and mate and defend in a much better way. So these are the animal frequencies. These are not actually meant for human beings. The human beings should not surrender themselves to these base means what should be the source of human enjoyment? The source of human enjoyment should be Athatu Brahma Jigasa. means Brahma means the spiritual reality. The spiritual reality. The human beings must try to understand their spiritual identity. Aham Brahma means I am spiritual being. And this is the actual human science. The science of the spiritual. So do you think Shubhasan selected a nice topic for a discussion? or the seminar. Okay. Now in order to understand the science of the art of dying, the way to immortality, first of all we have to understand what is death? What is death? This actually has been dealt with by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita at the very beginning of Bhagavad Krishna is saying that death means Dehantara. Dehantara means transmigration from one body to another. Who is transmigrating? Who is changing? That means the changing of Who is changing the body? The self. I am. We, our I is changing. So that I generally, it's a mistake and it is, it is a mistake that we consider our body to be ourselves. Generally we identify ourselves with the body. We don't we say that I am hungry, 
I am feeling good, I am feeling cold, I am angry, I am upset, I am happy. Hmm? But actually, we are talking about the body. It is the body that is hungry. It is the body that is cold. It is the body that is feeling pleasure, pleasure. But that is called misidentification of the self. And that misidentification of the self is called false ego. To think that I am this body is the false. But actually I am the spirit soul. So that is our real so when I leave the body, the body suffers. Then what happens to me? It has been pointed out in Bhagavad Gita by Krishna at the very beginning. That's why at, at the beginning I asked, how many of you are reading Bhagavad Gita? Now please make it a point to read Bhagavad Gita. What I am saying, is it, huh? you all understand? Or is it too difficult? If it becomes difficult to understand, please feel free to ask questions. Because here I am just trying to make you understand this topic. This topic is that, that to understand our real identity. What is our real identity? Who I am? Who am I? And that is the beginning of spiritual knowledge. Am I this body? What will be your answer? Now let us see somebody, say one of you may think that yes I am my body. Then let us feel with this point. Okay fine, you are this body. When you are five years old, did you have the same body? Huh? I think none of you are five years old here. Huh? How old are you? Twenty-five. So there was a time when you were five years old. Huh? When you were five years old, what kind of body did you have? A small child. Where is that one? Gone. Today you have become huh? a big personality. Huh? Now, that, that body is gone, but five-year-old you and today's 25-year-old you are the same person? Yes. So body changed, but you didn't change. What does it imply? What does it imply? That in spite of the change of the body, you did not change. So that means, your body is changing, but you are not changing. You are not affected by the change of the body. So Krishna is actually making this point in Bhagavad Gita that the body changes from childhood to boyhood to youth. Like now most of you are young. You have a youthful body. But and your childhood body is gone. Now do you think your youthful body will last forever? Another 30 years, what will happen? You may not. 
you may not agree with me, <laughs> but you'll become one. Right? You'll become one. So that, that body will change. And then you will say, oh, when I was 25 years old. So when I was 25 years old, when you were 25 years old, when you are 60 and you look back uh, when I was 25 years old, that means that 25 year old body is gone. Just as today you are saying, that 5 year old body is gone. So that means your 25 year old body is gone. Huh? And in this way the body changes, but you do not change. You remain the same person. I remain the same. And that's why you say, when I was 5, when I was 25, when I was 45, that means your body was at that time 5 years old. Your body was 25 years old. Your body was 45 years old. But you are you. And in simple words, don't you use the expression, my body? Did you ever hear anybody saying, I body? <laughs> we always use the expression, my body. So my body means, the body is different from me. Just like I said, my shirt, my hair. <laughs> so, so when I possess something, then I call that to be mine. But that possess, the object that I possess, is not me. So the body I possess, I do not. I am not this body. Then what actually happened? I get the body. How I get the body? It's another science. The soul with the subtle body, and I will come to that also, the subtle body carries the soul into the body of the father. And then from the body of the father, through the semen, the soul with the, with the subtle body enters into the womb of the mother. And in the womb of the mother, the, it begins to develop. When the womb of the mother is impregnated, when the mother becomes pregnant, what is the meaning of pregnancy? Pregnant means the mother has received a soul in her womb. And the soul is now developing. Mother is actually arranging the body to develop. And then this body in the womb of the mother takes some time to develop into maturity. And when it matures, like gradually, Bhagavatam actually describes how the body actually develops in the womb of the Gradually, it's from, uh, from the size of a pea. The first night, it is, takes the shape of a Then, it becomes bigger. It takes a, becomes bigger with plum. And then, it, in seven months, the body develops the, the body gets the shape. The nails and things start to the different organs of the body get, get the shape. 
and then another two months the body now becomes mature. When the body is mature, then the body comes out of the womb of the mother. When the body, that body comes out of the womb of the mother, what do we call? We call it. When the body comes out of the mother's womb, that is. So, Janma or birth is the process of our spirit soul getting a specific body. And once the body comes out of the womb of the mother, now it's able to function again. All this while, the body in the womb of the mother was connected to the mother. Connected to the mother through umbilical cord. There's a cord that is actually supplying all the necessities to the body in the womb vitals. And now at the time of the birth, that body now separated from the mother's So this is how through the father and mother we get a specific body. So, this is the process of birth and then it stays. The soul now has the body. I, as I mentioned, the body is like a machine. Now what do you do? The machine has a driver. Who is the driver of this machine called body? The individual soul is the driver. And he drives the body and in the process of driving the body, he fulfills various desires. And by fulfilling his desires, he gets pleasure. When, and when the desires are obstructed, when the desires are not fulfilled, then he is suffering. This pleasure and pain, enjoyment and suffering are simply related to our desires. When the desires are fulfilled, then we call it pleasure. When the desires are thwarted, we call it So, these are, this is how a living entity uses the body in order to experience various types of pleasures. And then, after using the body for some time, when the body gets old, like consider you have a car, you bought a car, you are very happy that you got a new car, then you use the car, and when the car becomes old, as I mentioned, you send it to the mechanic, you send it to the garage, those mechanics are called the doctors, and the garage is called hospital. <laughs> so there, this machine is treated for repair and after the repairing when it becomes the body ultimately now the machine doesn't run at all then what happens? the driver's looking it's useless it's too much of a trouble to maintain this car doesn't it happen? when you see that the, the repairing bill is becoming so high <laughs> and then and then 
it begins to consume so much more gas. Old cars use a lot of gas. And, and then on top of everything, you have some money now to buy a new car. So what do you do? You just discard that old car and you buy a new car. So when you discard the old car, then what happens to the car? Now the car is dead. <laughs> so death is soul's rejection of the body or soul's departure from the body. When the soul accepts a new body, when the soul gets a new body, that is called birth. And when the soul gives up the old body, that is called death. And the period between birth and death is called life. Make sense? Huh? Does anybody have any question up to the point? Yes? Yeah, very good. Yeah, I will come to I was okay, I'll come to that. Um, I was in order to do that I was going to go to the I was going to take it up on the next phase. next phase. The next phase is there are two types of bodies. Two types of material bodies. You know how many material elements are there? Is it? No, five plus three, eight. Five gross and three subtle. Huh? As you say, mind, intelligence, and false ego. These three are the subtle elements. Now, with the three subtle elements, we have another body. Like this body <coughs> is a gross body. This body, this body is made of five gross elements. Therefore, it is called the gross body. Stula Shri. And beyond that, there is another identity, another body made of three subtle elements, namely mind and So, <coughs> This false ego means developing a mistaken identity. It begins with our rejection or forgetfulness of our identity as the servants of Krishna. When you forget Krishna, then you cannot become the servant of Krishna. Right? Our actual identity is that we are servants of and because we forgot Krishna, we begin to identify. <coughs> Forgetting Krishna, and that we are servants of Krishna, we begin to think that we are the Lord and Master of this So the actual false ego is the Lord and Master of the Lord and Master of everything that is. That is the false. Then intelligence. We, so the intelligence, we begin to plan how we are going to enjoy this material nature. 
and then to the mind, which is also a substance, our consciousness flows to the material So, when you forget our spiritual identity, we begin to identify ourselves. That is why the gross concept of false ego is by identifying. Let us consider a false ego. What, what actually happens with false ego? Somebody says that, oh, you are such a nice person. You are so handsome. You are so wonderful. Who is identifying actually? The body. And how do you feel? Oh, yes. <laughs> so that is how the false ego. But the actual consideration of false ego is to think that I am the Lord of this. But how do we want to Lord and Master? So that's why the basic concept of all the world is to not be silent. No, there is no, no room for false ego. There is the real identity. The mistaken identity is false ego. In the spiritual sky, it is real. The meaning to think that I am the Lord and Master, I am the enjoyer. But when this body becomes engaged, I will come to that later on. When the body becomes engaged in the service of Krishna, then, then it is the reality. I am also. First of all, you do not even know who you are. So how can you say my soul? When you say my soul, who are you identifying? Do you know who is the soul? No. So when you become aware of your soul, then you become aware that soul the soul is in you. Right? So that's why when you become aware of like Aham Brahma's me, I am the spiritual being. Yes? <clears throat> As you said, the uh, body migrates from one uh, soul, migrates from one body to another. But it is said uh, when it is liberated, uh, liberation process, what kind of body that soul carries after liberation and where it goes on? Yeah, then it develops its spiritual form. So the first is <coughs> the first is the gross part. There is the subtle part. Mind. You know that you have a mind. You know that you have intelligence. So that is your subtle part. Like even this body, say for example, when this body is when you are sleeping. When you are sleeping, are you aware of your body? The body is sleeping, but you are dreaming. 
right? Then what, what is that body? That is the sound. In a dream, you are traveling, you are doing different things. You are doing different things. So that is the sound. But then, transcending that subtle body, you come to your spiritual that body develops by rendering devotional service. As you render service to Krishna, then that spiritual body will develop. So, you have the body. So that is the spiritual With the spiritual body, you go back to the spiritual Okay, so, so can I go to the next phase now? So now, we consider, so far we consider the gross body made of five different elements and how it is like a machine and who is the driver? Now in between there is another body that is called the subtle mind, intelligence, and force. These are the substance. These are the substance. Like mind is a substance. It's a material substance. Material Intelligence is a substance. False ego is a substance. So, with these three elements, another kind of body is made. And that is called the subtle body. Like, uh, sometimes people say that, yes, I mean, I changed. When I was five years old, when just as I asked uh, you all, like, when you're five years old, did you have the same body? No. The body changed today, but you didn't change. But sometimes people say that, no, I changed. I changed. But what they actually mean is the mind, now they didn't change. Like, in this respect, we have a very nice encounter one day. So, somebody was challenging. No, I changed. I am not the same person. Then he asked him, how old were you when you were married? He says, 31. How old are you? 45. Now, if, why don't you go and ask your wife whether you are the same person? <laughs> Did she get married to somebody else? <laughs> no. <laughs> so that actually proves that you are the same person. What actually changed is your mentality. Your mental makeup may have changed. But the person you are the same. 31 year old you and 45 years old you is the same person. 
You can say similarly, you can ask your mother. That no, I who we gave birth to was a different person. Will she accept that? No. It's the same person. So this is how we have to understand that this body is the vehicle with which the soul travels in this material. Now, <clears throat> now let us get into the transmigration of the soul. Soul actually travels through the body. The gross body is constantly changing. It is something like, have you seen a water body like a fountain? Sometimes it seems it's the same like you know with water to the past, like a fountain. It seems that it's one body. But what is actually happening? New water is coming in and old water is going out. But the shape that is there, it appears to be the same. But similarly, in our body also, new elements are coming in, new cells are being generated, and the old cells are coming. So this is how constantly the body is actually going through transformation. So this is how the body is changing. It's happening in such a slow way that we don't register. Like uh, when we see somebody one day to another, we don't see that there is any change. They look the same. But when you see a, some, somebody after two years or five years, especially when they are children, then they look so different that sometimes you can't even recognize that it is the same boy that you have seen. So this is how the body actually constantly changes. Similarly, the mind or the subtle body also changes. How the subtle body changes? The subtle body changes with the karmic reaction. As you act, like say, as you act, all your actions leave their impressions in the subtle body. When you do something, very good when you act in a very good way. How do you feel? You gave somebody a lot of money in charity. How do you feel? There is a poor man who was starving and he gave him some food. How do you feel? There is a old person in distress. You go and help him. How do you feel? So these are the good actions. And as a result of this good action, how do you feel? In your, in, within you, you feel good? Now, if you do something wrong, if you do some act in a bad way, then how do you feel? Although nobody saw you doing it, but how do you feel? You feel that? So this is how the good actions and bad actions leave their impressions in our subtle and according to the subtle body, takes no shape. Like sometimes don't we say that he is like an angel. Ek 
that he acts like an angel. When somebody acts like an angel, his subtle body will take the shape like that of an angel. And when also sometimes we say that oh he is like an animal, he is like a rakshas, he is like a demon. Why? Because he acts like that. And because he acts like that, his body will take what kind of shape? Take the shape of a demon or a Sometimes you say that he is like a pig. <laughs> so when somebody acts like a pig, then his subtle body will take the shape of a then after he leaves the body, then by nature's arrangement, see, his subtle body already take, taken the shape of a pig. So what is where what kind of body should he get? His subtle body already got the shape of a pig. So nature will reward him a pig's body. How? He will be placed in the womb of a pig mother through a pig father. And then in the womb of the pig mother, he acts like a pig. Already he was acting like a pig. <laughs> now he will. He has a full liberty. <laughs> so this is how our action actually determines our future. That's why it has been decided, it has been very emphatically described that you act in a life. Don't act. So, in this way, the subtle body actually determines our next body. But who, what, what does the subtle body do? See, the gross body dies at one point, but the subtle body doesn't die. Subtle body doesn't die. It's subtle. Therefore, the more gross it is, the changes are also noticeable, right? Like for example, earth and water, solid substance and liquid. The solid substance has a specific shape, it retains the shape huh? longer term, but the liquid body, does it retain the shape? Now, even more subtle than water is fire. The shape of the fire is even more subtle. Then even more subtle than fire is air. So the movement of air, you cannot determine. And even more subtle than air is air. So this way you can see that more gross it is, more tangible it is. More subtle it is. <coughs> More uh, subtle, more young, more abstract. So, so this is how the subtle body is. Subtle body doesn't change very. Subtle body doesn't just disappear. It kind of retains its identity. 
its changes are not that Therefore, at the time of death, we leave the gross body, but subtle body. I mean, rather, the subtle body remains and the subtle body carries it. Subtle body carries And accordingly, we get different types. Now, Beyond this subtle body, there is a spiritual. We all are spirit souls. We all are spiritual beings. We all came from, where did you come from? Spiritual world. Spiritual world. Okay. So you are not from the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so we all came from the spiritual. Now, who came from the spiritual? Soul came. So, the spirit soul is coming from the spiritual side. Now, why did the spirit soul come here? We are spiritual beings. We should be in the spiritual world. Why did we come here? The reason is, in the spiritual side, Krishna is the center. And everyone there is focused on Krishna. Everyone is looking towards Krishna. Everyone is acting to serve Krishna. Everyone is working to please Krishna. That is the nature of everyone in the spirit. But when somebody turns away from Krishna, Then what? We are focusing, we are seeing Krishna. Our focus is on Krishna. But if at some point our focus changes and we don't look at Krishna, we look away from Krishna. What is away from Krishna? Huh? Away from Krishna is Krishna's external image. Right? Krishna, Krishna's internal potency, spiritual. The moment you look away from Krishna, then we look towards mind. This has been described in a scripture called Prema Vibhata. It says, Krishna Bodhi Mukhya Bhagavan Shakari Nikatastu Maya Tari Krishna Bodhi Mukhya Bhagavan the moment a living entity turns his face away from Krishna, he immediately develops the desire to enjoy Bhogavan Shakti. means, are you familiar with this expression, Bhog? Sanskrit word, Bhog. Bhog Tyag. Bhog means, enjoy. So it naturally happens. Why? Because a living entity is superior. Coming from Krishna, superior energy. Material nature is Krishna's inferior energy. So when the superior comes across an inferior, what is the natural thing? 
but in that, that does that affects the subtle mind or subtle body in for next or birth of you see every action has its reaction therefore the safest action which i didn't deal with today but this i'll discuss tomorrow the safest action is to act for krishna if you are chastising for your own sake then yes you will get the reaction but if you are chastising for his krishna consciousness or for service to krishna then he will benefit and you will benefit <laughs> so that's why the safest thing is to act for krishna otherwise you know, as i mentioned good or bad any action will leave its imprint on the subtle body so why this thing the goal actually is to get rid of the subtle body the gross body will get rid of at one at the time of death that's no problem naturally will be relieved of this body but difficult part is to get rid of the subtle body because subtle body will not go at the time of death this body will die subtle body will not so that is the real problem so there is a way to get rid of the subtle problem so the way to do it is by acting on it i appreciate yes love you so much as you told that every action uh, leaves an imprint on the subtle body are watching our actions and making us liable to the action so everything that we do is generating its result of the action right that is what the only way is sarva dharma and pratyaksha the surrender to pratyaksha that's the only way to get rid of our karma there is no other Yes. Bhagwan says, "Am to am sir paape bhio mokshe shami maashicha." So, Brahmanas, kya hamare purane jo deeds hain, bad deeds, unka phala mein nahi bhutna padega? Nee. Sarvo paape bhio. Haan. To kitne sundar baat. Kitne saare paap gaya tha, jo bhi hua tha, paap tha, sab kuch hai. Sarvo paape, sarvo means. Oh, you think Krishna doesn't know Sanskrit? <laughs> yes, somebody had a question here. Yes. Frequently, uh, sleep or certain body, what goes home? Ah, uh, intelligence, sleep or certain body. Yeah, intelligence is the subtle element, so it is linked to subtle. Subtle body, the soul is the real idol. Right, soul is the real person, right? and then there are two machines. One is a subtle machine and a gross machine. 
बल्कि उस कार्य के प्रभाव से उसका सूक्ष्म शरीर पर पड़ जाता है धीरे धीरे वो फॉल्स सातल बॉडी जो है वो उसका नाश है खत्म ये इसका विचार हम कल करेंगे जैसे उसका सूक्ष्म शरीर का तीन उपादान है मन बुद्धि और तो मन जब कृष्ण के चिंतन में अर्पित होता है तब मन का परिवर्तन जब इंद्रिय जो बुद्धि के द्वारा जब हम भगवान को सेवा करना शुरू करते हैं तो बुद्धि आध्यात्मिक और जब हम भगवान को सेवा में लग जाते हैं तब अहंकार नहीं रहता है हम भगवान का तो तो इस ऐसे इस तरीके से ये तीन सूक्ष्म उपादान का नाश हो मन बुद्धि और अहंकार का परिवर्तन होगा ये आध्यात्मिक स्वरूप का इसका विचार हम
इसके लिए अभ्यास का जरूरत है जो जो कह रही है आदत बन गया है तो उसको आदत को सुधारने जो आदत जो हुआ था वो क्या एक दो दिन से बना था कितना दिन से बना कोई जन्म से बना तो कोई जन्म से जिसका प्रभाव आया है वो क्या एक दो दिन में सुधार जाए थोड़ा टाइम लगेगा कोशिश करते हैं जो हो रहा है करना नहीं चाहिए यह बहुत अच्छी बात ये बुद्धि है बुद्धि का प्रभाव करना नहीं चाहिए और इस बुद्धि के साथ साथ और एक चीज भी है वो है विवेक ये विवेक के द्वारा हमारा उपलब्धि होता है अनुभव होता है ये नहीं है तो विवेक का साथ इस तरह करना चाहिए जो विवेकवान नहीं है वो सोचेंगे जो जो विवेक द्वारा ही ये अनुभव करना चाहिए नहीं करना चाहिए मतलब है थोड़ा कुछ ज्यादा करना चाहिए जितना सोलह मारा तो ये पच्चीस माला कभी कभी बोलते हैं ये करना चाहिए बल्कि मुझे पता नहीं है ये पच्चीस राउंड के बारे में प्रोफर बोले थे मैं पहले मैं सोचा था कि ये प्रोफर का निर्देश था बल्कि बाद में मुझे पता चला ये प्रोफर का निर्देश था प्रोफर बोले थे एकादशी के दिन भक्ति में और अधिक लिप्त अच्छा है कि चौसठ माला तक उससे भी अच्छा होगा एक सौ और सबसे अच्छा होगा ट्वेंटी फोर हिंदी में भी सोचो मैं हूँ दास प्रभु जी मैं हूँ दास ऐसे शास्त्रीय माध्यम और गुरु के माध्यम हमें पता चलता है कि देर फोर यू हैव टू एक्सेप्ट एंड देर मे स्टार्ट टू सर्व कृष्णा 
they will realize, yes, by serving Krishna all my problems. By serving, by becoming a servant of Krishna, Krishna is giving me all protection. So this is how we actually become more and more fixed up. Now initially we accept it with faith, but then it becomes very comfortable. Any other question?